I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. You're the best. I'm the worst. You're very good looking. I'm not attractive. The Celtics shut me up, proved the point, and blew out the Milwaukee Bucks. Going to talk about it all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it is your team every day and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device. If you are a subscriber, whatever app you use, this show exists on that. You can also watch the show on YouTube, hop into the comment section, join the conversation, uh, and there's going to be a lot of conversation after the Boston Celtics win by 40 in Milwaukee. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I used to play a long time ago, and I've also written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Boy, the Celtics kind of put me in my place. Not going to lie. We talked about it in yesterday's podcast. I wondered aloud, is it me? Was it my own expectations? Is it my fault? Because I placed an expectation on the Celtics that they didn't particularly care about. That wasn't their expectation. It's not what their goal was. Was it me? And the answer resoundingly after this game in Milwaukee is, yeah, John, it was you. Yeah, it was me. 140 to 99. 140 points to 99. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. So I think I want to start later on. I'll get into the Celtics and their their record against good teams and, and some of the stuff that is actually going to be important for the playoffs. In the second segment, the Milwaukee Bucks, so much has been made about home court and this and that. I want to get specifically about the matchups against the Milwaukee Bucks that I think the Celtics uh, have in their favor. But I got to start with the point that was proven in Milwaukee. The fact of the matter is that as much as I've gotten on the Celtics for how they've played after the All-Star break, which is legitimate, they haven't played well, as much as I've gotten on them for some of the things that I just, it just doesn't sit well with me personally, like their attitude after the loss against Washington, man, that really, really bothered me. But it's one of those situations where, as I said in the podcast with Tom Westerholm, it's like they're doing stuff, and my reaction to the stuff that they've been doing is, you guys better be right about this. You better be right about this, because if you're not, you're going to get hammered. Well, they kind of proved in Milwaukee that they're kind of right about this. Do they have a switch to flip? Yeah, they certainly do. They flipped it against the Bucks. 
Now, the Bucks were on a back-to-back, but but Middleton didn't play in that back-to-back. Jay Crowder didn't play. They had a couple of other guys. They didn't play heavy minutes in that back-to-back. It was only Indiana. Indiana to Milwaukee is not that far. So it was a short back-to-back, a short kind of like return home. It's not like they were uh, in Miami or anything like that. So, yes, were they on a back-to-back? Yes. But the fact is that that mattered some, but not 41 points worth, right? The beginning of this game was a back-and-forth game. Jalen Brown was going off 17 points in the first quarter. Typical first quarter Jalen getting to the rim. Mid-range shots. He had one amazing, tough, tough spin move against Giannis. Driving, driving left, spin, turn around, mid-range, fade away over Giannis's outstretched arm. That was that was killer. That was a playoff shot. Jalen was hitting playoff shots against their defense. 17 points and three assists, by the way, in the first quarter. They were starting to go back and forth. Now, if you're on a back-to-back, teams that, that are on the back-to-back don't typically come out slow. They come out playing pretty well. And the Bucs came out okay, but they slowed down at the end of the first quarter. The Celtics got some separation in the second quarter. This this wasn't your typical back-to-back team where they fade after halftime, they lose their legs and all that stuff. This turnaround started in the second quarter. The Celtics came in, and they proved a point. They said, hey, we can go into Milwaukee. We can't. You're worried about the top seed. You're worried about the first seed. Doesn't matter. We can go into Milwaukee and win. And this was a win, a big win. This is this is a good team that clearly has gotten a little bit bored. That clearly hasn't had the same motivation. They're going through a stretch where they're kind of like up and down, right? They're, they're, they're just, it's not about whether they, can they do it? Can they figure it out? No, they, they've got it figured out. It's an issue of, do they, do they want to play hard or do they, do they not? Do they care enough or do they not? And when they don't care enough, they're inconsistent, right? And it's simple as that. It's as simple as that. And like for that, for the rest of the season, for the, the, the last five, six games here that are left, it, if they lose, I, I just, I'm, I'm not going to get, I promise I'm not going to get worked up if they lose. If they play poorly, I don't care. If they get blown out, I don't care. Because this game against Milwaukee just tells me all I need to know. Only thing I'm going to care about is, is there an injury? Actually, that's it. I said that I said that with an inflection that maybe suggested that there might be more. But I, no, I, I I only care if there's an injury. There's some of the concerns that are still there, like Joe Mazzulla's read of the game and, and all that stuff, the feel of the game. I certainly still believe in that. I certainly still believe that he could have gone uh in in the 
in the previous game in Washington, he could have gone to a Peyton Pritchard or somebody else a little sooner. He could have gone to some energy a little bit sooner and maybe tried to turn things around. Maybe. But at this point, what they showed me against Milwaukee, their defense against Giannis, top notch. Their matchups, which I'll get to in a second, are are exactly where you want them to be. They're in Boston's favor. Uh, Grayson Allen, still a target. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum hitting shots. I've been waiting for Tatum to hit some of the shots that he's been hitting. He hit shots that he hasn't been hitting all season. But these are the types of shots that Tatum has been hitting in those, you know, those late season, past two, three years, post-All-Star break especially, he's gotten on some of these kinds of roles. And we've been waiting, I've been waiting, for him to go on one of these roles. These are the types of shots that he hits when he's getting on, on one of those heaters. Is this the beginning of one? I don't know. But you're not losing. The Celtics were never going to lose this. 8 of 10, 40 points on 18 shots. First of all, that's just a ridiculous number. 40 shots and eight, 40 points on 18 shots, 8 of 10 from 3, 8 of 8 from the line. That's going to help all of his shooting percentages. When he's hitting some of those step back, sidestep, pull-up threes that he just never he never hits this season. But when he's on one of those classic heaters, whoo. That's that's the Tatum that that can get hot, and if he's going to start catching fire now, then that might qualify as peaking at the right time. Peaking at the right time. I get into some of the some more from the game here and the matchups. The matchups that we saw in this game that no matter what Milwaukee Bucks fans might come into the comments and say. There are things here that they should be afraid of and that we, no matter what we've been saying about this run that they've been on, this inconsistent thing and losing home court in the, in the finals, conference finals, there are matchups here that you can lean on be like, okay, I can see why Boston wasn't too worried. That's next. First, let's talk about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you looked at this game before, the Celtics went into this. I've never seen them down two and a half point underdogs when fully healthy like this. They they basically had everybody except for Peyton Pritchard, and they were two and a half point dogs in Milwaukee. They they covered that. They that's not a problem there. Forty one point win. So any of you guys that that bet on them on FanDuel. Congratulations. That was a nice win for you guys. If you're a new customer on FanDuel, which a lot of you in Massachusetts are because legalized uh, sports gambling was just legalized there, then great. Sign up. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. You get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim that no sweat first bet. Then you can bet on everything you want. Money line, point spreads, uh, the final four, March Madness, is coming down to the, the final four here this, this weekend. You can bet on that if you want. The app is safe. It's secure. Super easy to use. The payouts are quick. They go right to your bank account. You can't you can't uh, miss on that. So don't miss your shot at that no sweat first bet. 
You can get up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you join FanDuel today. You just got to go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. If you're going to do it, just please gamble responsibly. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Head on over to Locked On NBA feed. Check them out. Uh, get the whole league covered. Head on over to all the Locked On Boston feeds as well. Uh, if you are a Boston fan, you're listening here, maybe you're uh, a, a not just a Celtics fan, but a Red Sox fan. Hey, it's opening day. Didn't go that all that well, but Locked On Red Sox. Go check them out. Or if you're not a Red Sox fan, you're a baseball fan, check out your Locked On MLB across the board. Uh, all those teams are covered. So much cool stuff going on there. So check them out. All your favorite teams, whichever ones they are. It's your team every day. We say that for a reason. Boston Celtics against the Milwaukee Bucks. So all the all the talk after the loss to Washington is, oh, they lost the top seed. Oh, my God, they lost the top seed. This is horrible. I've been leading that charge. I wanted that top seed, and I've been kind of like, why, why don't they want it? It's there for them. Why don't they care? Well, this is why they don't care. They clearly I'm sitting there saying, hey, Tatum, and there's another discussion to be had, and maybe we can have it next week or before the playoffs. Tatum kind of coasting here is getting himself ready for the postseason. Uh, the up and down nature of his post all-star has been kind of, I think, up for some some discussion. And we can talk about, did, did they really play him too many minutes? All the minutes discussion that was going on before before the, you know, the, the break. Was there validity to that? Is, has his post-break been a product of, hey, I, I need to kind of like reset and get myself ready for the postseason? Whatever it is. It clearly it doesn't really matter that much if they're going to be able to flip a switch and play like this uh, against the good teams, which they do. I'll talk more about that later. But the matchups in, in Milwaukee and why they don't seem to care, I think that was evident in this game. It was pretty clear that you can still attack Grayson Allen, and that's, that's going to be a weak spot. When you play five out, then you take away Brooke Lopez and he doesn't really have the impact that he normally would have in a Bucks game. Bucks wins. Brooke Lopez is the key to their defense. He is an important part of that defense. He's an all defensive level player. When, when he's got it going, uh, when, he's, when he's part of an active defense, then the Bucks can get on and run. Giannis can get on into, into transition. He can get going downhill. He can also, Brooke Lopez can also be an outlet, a three-point shooter. I've seen him bury teams from the outside. He can be a guy that scores inside. But he had a couple of, you know, he hit, he only hit three of six, but he had a couple of shots in there inside where it was like, okay, he, he can be a problem. Uh, he had a few offensive rebounds that were, you know, you say, okay, that that's something you got to worry about. But when... Al Horford is on the floor and you're playing white uh, Jalen Jason uh, and uh, smart and Horford, then you're pulling Lopez away from the rim. Horford, who was four of six from three, just murders opponents when you leave them open. He cannot, 
You cannot this season dare Al Horford to beat you from three. That has been something that teams have done in the past. This season, Al Horford is a killer from three. You have to respect his three-point shot. You have to. And so that pulls Lopez away. So now if you're throwing Grayson Allen out there, then you can put Grayson Allen on who you can put him on Marcus smart. You're certainly not going to put him on one of the Jays. So you got Middleton and holiday Giannis Lopez and Grayson Allen. That was the starting lineup. So Giannis I think it's smart to kind of put him on, on Marcus Smart, which they did, and have him kind of roam since you're not going to respect Marcus Smart's three-point shooting. But Marcus, he did take a couple of, you know, he took six three-pointers. But you still, in that situation, I say you don't, you don't shoot the threes. You attack. You, you're going to give me that space. I'm going, to, I'm going to take that space because teams are naturally going to want to dig and help when, when Smart gets into the lane, which he did. So whoever has Grayson Allen, since Giannis is going to be on Smart, whoever Grayson Allen is covering gets the ball and can break down the defense. Is it Derek White? He can get by Grayson Allen. And then you need, then they help, and then it's a, it's a kick. So the matchups there are in Boston's favor. When, when, you look at it from the Celtics perspective and you say, what, why wouldn't they care if there was a game seven in Milwaukee? Because the formula for beating Milwaukee is not going seven. It's going into Milwaukee in one of the first two games, using these matchups, playing Brooke Lopez off the floor. And then what happens when Brooke Lopez is on the floor, off the floor? Well, okay, let's bring in Bobby Portis. No problem. Here comes Robert Williams to jump over the top of these guys to put back offensive rebounds to be an outlet. And you steal one of these two games at, you know, in a presumed Eastern conference finals, then you go home and you win your home games and you win this thing in six. That's, that's what you do. So I, I think the Celtics understand that the matchups are something that favor them. The Robert Williams, like Robert Williams was big in this game and he only played 18 and a half minutes, but the putbacks, the four offensive rebounds, the, the big, what do you have? Four blocked shots, big block shot on Giannis Antetokounmpo. He can roam, he can help and block shots, block Giannis from behind. I think, I think the matchups are just something that the Celtics know that they can count on. Malcolm Brogdon comes in off the bench and dominates at the end of the second quarter, gets to the rim at will. Once Brooke Lopez is out, you put Brogdon in there. Remember I was talking about Brogdon, maybe Brogdon with Rob can be something that, that that's a pairing that can really help. You put Brogdon in there driving, getting past whoever was defending him. And Bobby Portis back there, or whoever's back there trying to be the center, even if it's Giannis, you can still dump it off because Giannis is going to come over 
Now, Giannis recovers extraordinarily well, but Rob is the type of athlete that can still make you pay because Giannis does recover well, but when you get it to Rob, he's so high up that it's tough. That's a tough matchup. So Rob coming off the bench against the Bucks is kind of a wild card. Al Horford is a wild card. Now you have to do a little dance as the Bucks. When do you play Brooke Lopez? Do you play Brooke Lopez? And if you're a team that can, can take an opponent completely out of the thing that's worked all year long, the matchups are in your favor. So I think one of the things that this game has shown us is how the Celtics are justified in not being too worried about where game seven is if they face the Milwaukee Bucks. Because if they're doing it right, we won't get to a game seven. They'll win one of the first two games in Milwaukee and steal home court. They have the ability to do that. I wonder how Milwaukee comes out of this. I wonder how they feel coming out of this. Because this kind of hammered home some of the things that we've seen. Look, Boston's, Boston beat Milwaukee now twice pretty badly. And the one game that they lost was an overtime where like none of the real the, the regulars played. So that's a real confidence builder, a real message sent. All right, the Celtics continuing this theme about, hey, they've proven a point here. I'll get into their record against good teams. Again, the Celtics shut me up. So uh, this is like a big Mia couple. That's all coming up next. Boston Celtics getting ready to take on the Utah Jazz tomorrow or today. It's Friday by the time you listen to this. Actually, it's Friday by the time I started recording this. What am I talking about? <laughs> jazz. I don't know what's going to happen against the Jazz. I honestly don't. Uh, I typically don't play back-to-backs. They both played in this one. They both might play. They might play. They might. Joe Mazzulla said he'd talk to them. We will see if they play. Uh, at this point, I'm I'm with them. I'm not. It doesn't matter. They do they have, still have an outside chance at the top seed? Yes, they won the tiebreaker against Milwaukee, but I don't think it matters much. They they need to they need to be two games better than the Bucks the rest of the way. I don't think the Bucks are going to just punt on the top seed. I think they're going to need the top seed. If anything, this game showed them that you need every advantage you can against the Celtics, and you better hope that home court advantage is something that you get because you don't want to lose that. So I, I don't think the Celtics care as much. Like I, I've been saying, there's no reason to play Horford more than you know than you have. Why break? Why go all season long and come in? And suddenly now in March, end of March, <laughs> April is this weekend. By the way, April Fools do not go on Twitter. I will never, ever, ever, ever do an April Fools thing on Twitter. So be careful out there. Anyway, why would they start now? Why would they start with the back-to-backs now? 
like I just said, they don't care. They, they know they can go into Milwaukee and win. So sit Al Horford. You're going to lose to the Jazz again? So what? So what? Who cares? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize to the people who have the tickets to that game. I'm sorry. But there's a bigger thing at stake. They're not going to. This is the other part of that that whole argument where we're, yes, do you owe the fans who paid the money? Absolutely. The fans pay the money. They pay the salaries. But at the same time, those fans want championships. And you just, I don't know that it matters. If they play them, fine, I guess. But if they don't, eh, doesn't bother me one bit. If they don't play those guys, then Utah probably will win because their size will will be a problem and you're counting on Grant and uh you know Luke Cornett and Mike Mascala to to keep those guys off the boards and that was a problem in the last game so unless those guys can you know suddenly really start boxing out then I don't know maybe maybe the Jazz come in and, and beat the Celtics maybe they don't I don't know how it's going to go I I by the way I don't think I'm going to do a post game podcast uh I'm going to I'm going to take the Friday and just enjoy a Friday without having to do a podcast at this point. If the Celtics are going to kind of cruise, then there's nothing to break down. I'll talk about the game on Monday. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll do something quick. Depends on how the game goes. Maybe I'll do something quick for you. I, I, I'm kind of, I kind of don't know what direction I'm going to go in, but if I do, if you're subscribed, you'll get it. Uh, the Celtics, if they lose, then it, their their record against below 500 teams will will drop to what 23 and 11 and that's a number that's it's not horrible but it's not the best and that's a number that's people will point at and say but John look at look at how they are against bad teams doesn't that concern you it's, you know your your inclination is to say yeah it does it is concerning but they are 30 and 14 after this game against Milwaukee against teams above 500. That is the best record in the NBA. 30 and 14 against plus 500 teams. Who are they going to face in the playoffs? Plus 500 teams. When they play good teams, they play well. And as infuriating as it is, once again, it proves their point. And if we're being fair, if we're being fair, which I like to be, they've never lost more than three games in a row. Jalen Brown was talking about how they bounced back after the game. And they do. They do bounce back after, after these, these losses. They, they haven't gone on a prolonged winning, uh, losing streak, I should say. Uh, they have 53 wins, second most in the league. Second most in the entire NBA. What are we doing here? Uh, 30 and 14 against teams above 500. They beat Milwaukee two out of three games. They beat Philly. They beat the top teams. They, they just perform well against good competition. So a loss against... The Jazz, if they're not there, if it's if they give in to the back-to-back or if they rest a bunch of guys, then so be it. I'm going to lean on this. I'm just going to lean on their record against the good teams 
and just kind of be done with it because that's how they're approaching it. And I'm done fighting their, their attitude. I'm done fighting their attitude against, they know, they know how to flip the switch. They prove that they know how to flip the switch. They know where the switch is. They've, they've had no problem flipping it. They did it on Thursday night. And again, to be fair, as, as much as it bothered me that they were so kind of blasé after their loss to Washington, Tatum was equally blasé after the win. The quote was, we, we got to forget about tonight. This game is over. It happened. We have a game tomorrow. We'll, you know, we talked about it in the locker room. They all count as one. We won. It doesn't necessarily mean much, so we got to move on. We're going to show how good of a team we are by the way we respond tomorrow. That's all that matters at this point. So for all the crap that I gave those guys, all the crap, and it feels like, you know, hey, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the losses kind of sting a little bit more, but this is just how Tatum is built. Tatum is not about basking in the wins and he's not about wallowing in the losses. It's he basically, by the time he hits the locker room, by, by, I'm sorry, by the time he hits the podium, he's moved on. From whatever it is, maybe he's smiling a little bit more after a win, but he clearly has moved on and it just doesn't bug him. Not too high, not too low. And maybe we like to see them get not to get, get a little bit more low, get a little lower. I'll get, I'll get my, my proper English out there. (laughs) Maybe we like to see them get a little lower after some losses, but who, who am I to say? That that's how we should be. This is the attitude that works. You bounce back. You bounce back from a loss. You don't take a win too seriously. You don't get too high on your, on, you know, revel in your great performance, your great shooting performance. That's how it goes. So basically this whole half hour has just been me giving in. I've given into, I bought into how the Celtics are thinking. I've just bought into it. The past few weeks have been uh, an exercise in kind of riding the roller coaster. Uh, maybe I've taken some things a little uh, too far, I guess, cons- all things considered. Maybe some of it's been an overreaction considering how good they looked against Milwaukee. I admit, when they, ca- I, I came into this game thinking like, I have a bad feeling. I really had a bad feeling about this game. And they completely flipped it. So I've come around. I've come around. doesn't matter what happens the next few games. They can lose them all. They can get blown out in all of them. doesn't matter. Feels like, feels like they, they can lose. Then they'll go to Philly. They'll crush Philly. And then they'll lose to Toronto. Lose to Atlanta. And it doesn't matter. So I will be here after those games. We'll still talk about it. There's still plenty to talk about. It's just I'm not going to react the way I have been over the past few weeks. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Watch the show on YouTube. Hop in the comments. Join the conversation. And if you are subscribed, spread the word. Tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.